First, uh, an invitation. Last month, I started a class once a month on prayer and developing our relationship with God. And that was recorded. The first session was recorded, and it's on the parish's YouTube page. The second one will be next Saturday at 1 p.m. at Christ the King Hall. All are invited. We just ask you that you first watch the first one before you come, and that will help you decide whether it's worth your time. It's probably not. You're welcome to come if you'd like. If you have nothing better to do next Saturday, you come to my class. And of course, we're going to quiz you at the entrance to make sure that you did watch it. This parable can be really difficult to hear and to understand and to accept. I mean, really, God? Really? I come to Mass every Sunday. I go to confession every month. I've been giving my time and my money to the church for 50 years. And this guy just shows up at the last minute and repents, and he gets the same reward as me? Or even, really, God? I'm not a cafeteria Catholic. I don't pick and choose the teachings of the church that I follow. I follow everything that the church teaches down to a T. And this Catholic next to me picks and chooses what's convenient for him and her. And at the end of his or her life, they repent and they get the same reward as me. Really, God? It strikes at the root of our pride, doesn't it? It's like God taking an axe right to the root of that tree. That pride, that pernicious inclination that we all have to think that we can earn our salvation by our own merits. Now, if you notice this in you, as I've noticed it in myself, I'm going to propose a way to move forward because we don't just will ourselves out of this. We have to develop, to grow like a tree to develop our faith, to develop our hope, to develop our charity. And this, I think, is the hinge, this question. Do you want to develop, do you want to have a relationship with God? Or do you want to have a relationship with the things that God can give you? Let me say that again. Do you want to have a relationship with God? or with the things that God can give you or do for you? If the latter, with the things, we're always going to struggle with this parable, with this notion of unfairness, of injustice. But if it's God himself we're after, all begins, all begin to fall into place. Things begin to shift and to make sense. Let me try to explain. We'll go through five stages, five phases, five categories, five stages of the spiritual life, if you will. The first is, sometimes we're tempted to pray or to do our religious duties, you know, to come to Mass on Sundays, to go to confession, to give money to the church, to volunteer at the church, pray the rosary, etc. We're tempted to do these things out of a fear of hell, right? Kind of like fire insurance. We're not really looking for a relationship with God. We just want to avoid being punished in the future. God, don't punish me. Be merciful to me. Now, this is, this is good. I, I don't want to, don't, don't misunderstand me here. And I can't stress enough how important this is. We heard in the first reading, seek the Lord while he may be found. While he may be found. Because there will be a time when it will be too late. 
St. Augustine talked about it like this. There's the hour of mercy. That's the hour we're in now during our lifetime. This is the time to repent, to seek the Lord while he may be found. And then there's the hour of judgment. That happens when we die, after our death. That's the hour of judgment. There's no repentance after death. The Catechism put it like this. There's no repentance for the angels after their fall, just as there is no repentance for men after death. So seek the Lord while he may be found. We have to do this. It's a good first step. And in fact, after Mass today, after I greet folks outside, I'll, I'll go to, to the confessional and hear a confession. If anybody's ready for this, to seek the Lord, to repent of their sins, and to live in communion with him, come to confession. That's the first step. Okay, this is fine. This is good. But we want to go higher. On to the second stage. When we only pray or do our religious duties, when things are really difficult. Say there's a crisis in life. Our marriage is falling apart. A son goes to jail. A daughter gets pregnant. Almost said a daughter gets president. That would be a different crisis. A daughter gets pregnant. We're not really looking for a relationship with God yet. We're looking for God to solve our crisis. That's fine. That's good. God, I'm desperate. Help me. Good. We want to be, we want to run to God when we're desperate. And this is often the beginning of conversion, isn't it? We've been living our life in a sinful way, away from the Lord, and we see the consequences. It's unraveled. Okay. Good. Let's come back to the Lord. And this can begin a new life. But we want to go higher. We get to the third stage. Now we have a regular life of prayer. We come to Mass regularly, to confession, to adoration. Wonderful. But then, when, oftentimes, when we engage in our own private prayer, we're primarily looking for something, often a solution to a problem, a daily problem, a routine problem, or an answer to some question. Young people often want to ask the Lord, Lord, should I be a priest? Should I be a religious? Should I get married? Or to whom should I marry? Or what job should I do? What, what career should I pursue? Or sometimes more trivial, to buy this car or that car or this refrigerator or that refrigerator. So we come to God, and sometimes they're ongoing problems, right? Like, I'm having, Lord, I'm having problems raising my kids. My kids are unruly, they won't listen to me. God, what do I do? You come to prayer, God, what do I do? My husband won't listen to me, my wife won't listen to me. God, what do I do? Give me an answer, give me a light, give me a sign. We're wanting God to answer something, to solve some problem. We're looking, and then we, oftentimes we go looking for signs, right? Either internal signs, like, oh, I feel peace when I think about the priesthood, so maybe that's it. Oh, I feel distress when I think about this decision, so maybe that's not it. We have these internal signs we look for. Or external signs, you know, we ask God for a question, and we go looking for external signs. Doors opening up, doors closing, or coincidences, right? We, we see signs and coincidences oftentimes. I'll give a silly example, you know, say I'm, God, should I go work for the newspaper? I have this opportunity to go work for the newspaper company. And then the next morning, the newspaper boy comes around and throws the newspaper and he usually lands right on the sidewalk, but this time it hits my door and it hits right, lands right in front of the door. It makes a loud bang in front of my door. Then I go and I open the door and I see the newspaper right there and I say, oh, Thank you, God. This is a sign that you're knocking on my door telling me to go work for the newspaper company. 
I don't mean to mock anyone who does this. I know I've, I've done this myself. But do you see what I'm saying? We're looking for signs is, is how we approach this. And as a caveat, I would say don't look for signs. I, I, kinda, I wrote my thesis at the seminary for that, but that's for another time. But what I'm saying here is we have this problem, the, this, this problem-solving approach to God. God, I have a problem. I have an answer I'm looking for. God, please give me this answer to this problem. Fine. We want to go to God with our problems, looking for answers. Great. But we're still looking for him to give us something. We want to go higher. Okay, now we're doing all of this, and now we go to the next stage, which is we're focusing on our own virtues and our own vices. Lord, I want to develop my virtues. I want my prayer life to develop, to grow. Would you help me, Lord? Would you show me the way? Lord, I want to uproot my vices. I want to stop sinning. Would you help me? Would you show me the way? This is really good. And you, you probably know that often married couples come to us priests looking for advice. And oftentimes what this conversation sounds like is, Father, my husband won't do what I, what I say. Father, can you help me tell my husband, convince my husband to do what I say? Father, my wife won't do what I say. Will you help me to convince my wife to do what I say, to do what I want? If we can shift that conversation to, Father, when my husband doesn't do what I want, certain vices within me are exposed. Father, when my wife doesn't do what I want, certain vices within me are exposed. Certain areas where I'm lacking virtue are exposed. Father, would you help me uproot my vices? Would you help me develop my virtues so I can go through life, so I can nourish my relationship with my husband and my wife in the middle of this struggle? If we can shift the conversation here, it's going to be a much more fruitful conversation. So this is really good. This is as good as it gets when it comes to asking God for things. But it's still asking God for something. God, uproot my vices. God, develop my virtues. Fine, good. But we want to go higher. And most importantly, God wants us to go higher. He doesn't just want to give us things, even virtues. He wants to give us himself. Remember the question? Do you want to have a relationship with God? Or do you want to have a relationship with the things that God can give you? Now we get to the fifth category. And I'll introduce it by an analogy. Married couples who have been married for 40, 50 years and they're in a healthy, holy, harmonious relationship, they will describe a pattern that sounds something like this. We entered our marriage not really looking for a relationship with each other. We thought we were, maybe, but we realized that we really weren't. We were looking for the things that we thought the other could give us. Children, a family, a stable home, a career, happiness, a good life. We entered into marriage with this approach. But then as we went through marriage, as we went through the trials of life, we detached from these things. 
We detached from the outcome that we were looking for. And we've arrived at the place where what matters to us is a relationship with each other. We seek to know the other. We seek to spend time with the other, to get to know the other ever more deeply, to be with the other. And now this is the end of our marriage. This is the purpose, the end, the nature, the finality of our marriage, is to be with him or her. God wants this towards us. He's not looking for things from us. Do this for me. God doesn't need our things. God is looking for us. This is far more important than the things we can give God. And the same is true in the reverse. God is not just inviting us to enter into this relationship with him so that he can give us things. God wants to give us himself. Back to the parable. If we move in this direction, we become less and less upset about what others do or don't do. We have God himself. Nothing else matters. Our thirst is being satiated. And even more, we grow in a desire for them to also know the Lord. Not just for them to do things for the Lord because we think that will be good for them. Maybe that's a stage. But we want them to come to know God because that's what they've been created for. And we don't really care how late in the game they are, how much we've done and how little they've done. So how do we do this concretely? How do we move in this direction this week? To pursue the Lord. Not the things that the Lord can give us, but to pursue Him. I'll give two suggestions. The first is come to my class next Saturday. Watch the video first. A shameless plug, I know. The second, this may seem confusing, but I think it's sound. You've heard of this book here, The Catechism of the Catholic Church. There are four parts in this book. The fourth part is on prayer. This whole, this whole section here is prayer. There are 307 paragraphs in this, cha- in this section of the catechism. Do you know how many of them discuss decision-making? How to make a decision in prayer, how to use prayer to find an answer to a decision? Out of those 307 paragraphs, how many of them have to do with decision-making? Zero. Zero. So my suggestion is, stop looking for answers in prayer. Stop looking to make decisions, to find signs to make decisions in prayer. Speaking of signs, I'll just say one thing about signs. Remember when the the scribes and the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. Do you know what he said to them in reply? An evil and unfaithful generation seeks a sign, but no sign will be given it. Now, okay, he wasn't exactly talking about decision-making, but 
I'm a priest, I can twist what the Lord said. No, just joking, just joking. It extends, it fits. Now, if you have a decision to make, employ good decision-making strategies. Go talk to mentors, good advisors, experts in the fields of the decision. Become a student of that area. Become an expert in that area. The more we become experts in the field, the better we're going to make decisions in that field. Make lists, pros and cons, rewards and consequences, risks, etc. All good decision-making strategies that have as their end decision-making. Prayer does not have as its end, as its purpose, decision-making. If you do this, if you take my advice, you set yourself free from the burden of finding answers and decision-making guides, guidelines in prayer. This is a burden. The Lord wants to free you from this burden. You will then be free to enter into prayer for its proper end, to be with God, to get to know Him, to develop your relationship with Him, to share your heart with Him, and to receive His heart in return. Those 307 paragraphs in the Catechism, that's what they talk about. To get to know God. This is the end of prayer. You'll be free from the burden of finding answers and lights for decisions in prayer. And you'll be free to enter into prayer to be with God. And we can start at this Mass. Did you come here looking for an insight, for a solution to a problem? Be free from that. Open yourself up to receive Him. Because that's exactly what he's about to offer on this altar, on this table. He's not going to offer a solution to your problems. He's going to offer you himself. Open yourself up to receive him here in the Holy Eucharist. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he's near. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near.